The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As you heard in the uh, news headlines, that was uh, Richard Boy Barrett scribbling down the cash machine event there. Uh, Richard is here to talk about uh, the national grid. So electricity demand from data centres expected to reach almost 30% by 2031. It's according to Airgrid, the semi-state company that manages uh, the network uh, here. In terms of the more pressing issue of blackouts uh, this coming winter, the Taunish Dilly of Radker was asked about it today. He says they are very unlikely, but if they happen, they will be short in duration. Uh, Richard Boyd Barrett is a people before profit TD. Richard, what should we do about this? Well, the simple fact about it is we wouldn't have a problem. There would be no danger whatsoever of power outages, which is an incredible thing to, to contemplate for people if it wasn't for the incredible proliferation of data centres in, in this country. Uh, I mean, I was just looking at a letter that the Commission for Regulation of Utilities uh, uh, sent uh, to the Joint Committee on the Environment and Climate and they point out that energy usage in the rest of Europe is static or falling but I- Ireland's has gone up by 9%, right? It's almost entirely attributable to data centres and uh, we're in this incredible outlier position where 14% of all the energy in this country is being consumed by data centres and that's due to go up to 30%, right? So you take that out of the equation or even you take the growth, the projected growth out of uh, out of the equation and we don't have a problem. And is your preference to just take out the growth or to take out what's there already? Uh, to, well, certainly to stop to have a moratorium uh, on f- the further growth. I mean, if you you know, the, the, the tarnished it today in the doll was saying that we sh- uh, they are going to bring in extra uh, generation capacity to deal with the possible danger of outages. But the eight mega den- uh, data centres that already have permission and are going to come on stream in the next uh, three to four years, they will eat up all of that extra capacity. So all the emergency capacity the government are talking to deal with what is a major crisis in energy supply is going to be gobbled up by these data centres. I mean, it's just insanity, to be honest. Conor Skeen is a columnist with the Sunday Independent. Conor, is there not an undeniable logic to what Richard is saying? Yes, we should stop all of the growth as quickly as possible and uh, make sure that... What's the name of your party? People Before Profit. So we have no profit anyway. Uh, and, uh, and all of the things that produce that growth... Were you saying it was 9% growth? 9% With, growth. 9% growth. Yeah, we are the envy of the rest of Europe for having that growth. And that growth... Oh, 9% growth and in energy use. In energy use, yeah. In energy, energy use. use is a direct uh, link to the success of a vibrant economy and nobody can say we don't have a vibrant economy. There was a study just published this week which was trying to match the illumination, the brightness of countries as seen from space and their economic performance and Ireland was certainly an outlier in that. So we are in a country that is certainly a runaway success. No disagreement with that. If you want to stop the success, if you want to kill the various different critters that are laying golden eggs, you go right ahead but you go along and tell us all where we're going to get the profit from those people to pay the taxes to keep the country growing and all those other entitlements we'd like to have coming, that's where they come from. They come from that growth. They come from the economic activity and we're one of the most successful countries and fast-growing countries in Europe and yes, our energy is growing to match it. Richard, why do you want to kill all these uh, golden egg-laying critters? The golden eggs? Well, I tell you, I think it will surprise a huge number of people in this country who are caught in the grips of 
the housing crisis, who are caught in the grips of energy bills that are absolutely off the wall at the moment in particular and who are actually turning off the heating or afraid to turn it on uh, because of the costs that they're going to incur and that they simply can't afford. I think trying to convince a lot of those people that, you know, we're a stunning success uh, would be a little bit difficult. Uh, And you see, success has to be measured on a little bit more than GDP figures. Success has to be measured on is it sustainable for people and does it actually improve the quality of their life, right? Now, it doesn't improve the quality of your life if you freeze during the winter. Uh, It certainly doesn't improve the quality of your life if you don't have anywhere to live. Uh, So we need to, our starting point needs to be what actually makes life better people's lives better, ordinary people's lives better, and not just what will generate enormous profits for a relatively small number of multinational corporations. And that's about getting your priorities right, and I think we have our priorities wrong in that regard. Connor, it would be cold comfort, quite literally, to people if their uh, power was turned off this winter because of the runaway success of the Irish economy in attracting data centres. Uh, well, you were doing very well there until you put the last bit in. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, there are people in energy agencies and energy suppliers who probably go to bed every night and they say a little thank you prayer to the Ukraine for giving an excuse uh, to what's happened as a cover-up, a great cover-up for the incredible incapacity bordering on incompetence in managing and planning energy in this country. Uh, Data centres are currently becoming uh, the second in line convenient whipping boy to try to cover up this incredible lack of planning. The defence that was given in today's publication of the figures by Airgrid, their defence was we've been warning about data centres since since 2016. What did they do about it? What have they done about it? What we do is, as you grow, just like you've got a pair of shoes, if your feet get bigger, you get bigger shoes. If we're a country that has a bigger economy and a bigger population, you get more energy. If you don't do it, yes, you absolutely do run out of energy. And yes, Kieran, there will be people cold this winter, not because of data centres, as you say, but because of a failure to plan for the growth of this economy. What should they have done in 2016? They should have, among other things, they should have put in more generating capacity. We haven't added any new generating capacity, conventional generating capacity, to the Irish grid for 10 years now. 10, one zero. What's conventional generating capacity? Anything other than wind. So uh, fossil fuels? Gas, yeah. Richard, is that what we should be doing? If we had done that, if they'd done that in 2016, put in place some of the emergency measures that you were talking about the government acknowledging the need for today if that had been done in 2016 we wouldn't be here having this conversation look I mean to be honest we just can't do that uh, because we have uh, targets to meet right climate targets and if we destroy the planet and our ability to exist on it in the future then all the planning in the world will be cold comfort to use that phrase again so it has to be about investing I accept uh, accept Connor's point about planning ahead and about planning to develop renewable energy resources and I have to say that one thing that I my view is that the privatisation of the energy sector in this country has been a major blockage to actually having plan- planning because the whole system is so flippin' fragmented. Whoa, 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 whoa. The only people uh, who uh, are planning, the only people who are building are the private sector. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but sure, they're going to sell it all to the data centres. But they actually are. They, they have these have advanced purchase agreements exactly. with, with the data centres. Yeah. So they plan purely for themselves. You they have no just, interest in sure. what's, what happens to the rest of us. On the, you're talking <laughs> the two sides of your mouth. You're saying on the one hand these 
data centres are gobbling up all the power and on the other hand you're saying they're buying all of their energy off the big renewable companies using these purchase agreements whatever you call them you can't be saying the two things at the same time well you can actually Connor, because what I'm saying is that what we need is a coherent system that is planning for the needs of our society. You're completely right. right. I completely agree with that. Uh, now, I, we're not doing that. There's no, no planning at all. There's a flipping free-for-all in energy, energy privatised energy companies. There's a, a, a... I would describe it as a gold rush to get hold of particular locations for renewable energy production, but it's a bit like the on la- the on-land sort of gold rush for lands and properties speculating on it, trying to get... Bram- <laughs> bring up the value of these things rather than actually saying what do we need for our society what energy needs do we have what are we likely to need over Mm. the next uh, period and how do we actually plan to put the capacity in place at the risk of of destroying the the, the Punching Judy show you're you're so right I have an amazing example of it in the last 15 years Britain prepared for it and they installed a huge set of offshore wind arrays Right, and uh, Ireland had the same planning system, the same notice, the same technology, the same everything. In the same period, we built seven offshore turbines. Britain built eleven thousand. That's how bad we are. In twenty sixteen, what would you have done? In, well, I mean, there's a lot of things you'd do, right? I mean, if, or, first of all, you would have, you have people who actually plan out what we need, what the energy requirements are. And if you don't have the capacity to do it, you certainly don't give the green light to massive users of energy where you don't have the capacity to, to provide for them, right? That's uh, the first thing you would do. But I think there's a whole series of other things you'd do. I mean, you, you would have to develop renewable energy, and that's not just wind, that's solar, that's all, there's uh, all sorts of different areas Areas that we need to be investing in, uh, in research and development, and then actually develop, rolling them out as alternative energy uh, as, as supplies. But the other thing, obviously, nuclear energy? No, no, it's 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 an accident waiting to happen. Look at Ukraine; they're terrified, and they're right to be terrified. One accident, and everything you know, all bets are off. So I don't believe that's uh, sustainable. But the other area, of should course, we, should we, is should the retrofit and insulation should, of homes to reduce energy. Should we use. continue with the interconnector to France? We're going to be using nuclear energy. This studio will be lit by nuclear energy. It's currently lit by nuclear energy. We've an interconnector to the UK. I look. It just I, always strikes me ha- as a uniquely Irish thing that. We're in favour of nuclear energy, but we're opposed to nuclear production. I'd, well, I think we should. I think we should move away from nuclear power globally, right? And to be honest, I hope it's one of the lessons that people draw from Ukraine because it's terrifying. It's terrifying what's going on there. One stray missile hitting one of those plants, uh, and the horrors of Chernobyl possibly on a far bigger scale could be repeated. I mean, that is just, be, that is not a risk you can take. But the interconnector, the idea of you have interconnectors for energy between different countries, I don't have a problem with that. That's a sensible idea of cooperating uh, and sharing energy resources. But if you're relying on things that are either incredibly dangerous uh, or incredibly damaging for the mm. environment, then, you know, you're on a hiding to nothing. Connor, <laughs> is there a way that we can manage... Uh, growing energy demand through renewables only? Absolutely, definitely, categorically not. Okay. We currently have 300 wind farms in Ireland. If we had 10 times that, if we had 3,000 wind farms in Ireland, when the wind blows, you have all that power. And when the wind doesn't blow, you've 3,000 times nothing. 
Well, you have storage facility and capacity, don't you? The biggest storage capacity in the world for battery powers provides enough electricity for 100,000 homes for one hour. So what should we do in order to future-proof? I asked you what should we, what should we have done since 2016, what should we do now? Well, um, we should uh, build a parallel series of gas-fired uh, turbines as quickly as we can. Every single unit of electricity you generate from renewables and from wind in particular requires you to build the exact same amount of conventional power on the grid. And the people who build the wind energy, who have that demand, they have to pay for it. I mean, the gap, the big gap, obvious gap in what Connor is saying is what about the destruction of the environment through fossil fuel use? Connor, and what about we it? Are, we are not, as it stands, we're not going to meet our targets, right? And we are facing temperature increases that could be utterly disastrous for humanity. I just, I just don't see how you can lock us in to fossil fuel use and investing in that infrastructure also has an opportunity cost because it means you're not putting it into developing alternative sources of energy. Okay. Uh, well, I don't have the luxury of living in a black and white world. I live in a grey world. My world is mostly... Just let me yeah, finish. No, Richard's right there, Tar- No, because he, he did ask yeah. you the question, so I just want to yeah. uh, ask and it so by extension. The, so the, 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 the EU and the government themselves have said that gas generation is going to be, have to be part of our future uh, for the foreseeable future and uh, that that's a reality we all have to learn to live with. In an ideal world, that gas could become a gas that's generated by, for instance, extracting hydrogen and mixing with, with uh, other gases might be in the future, but gas is going to be with us for a long time to come. All right, well, after the break, we're going to be finding out why everybody in Brussels are so angry with the Germans over yes. energy prices. Uh, Connor Skeen, Sunday Independent columnist, Richard Boy Barrett, People Before Profit, uh, TD. Thank you both very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.